This is Angelo Gingerelli on the A-Side, B-Side podcast, talking to my man, Ramsey Said What, host, hockey fan, William Patterson graduate, all-around renaissance man at the Jersey Shore, Ramsey Said What. Keep listening to the A-Side, B-Side podcast. You heard the man. I go by Ramsey Said What. You are now listening to the A-Side, B-Side podcast a branded podcast by what's the movement.net thank you guys for tuning in uh so you already heard our guest for episode 23 angelo gingerelli one of the hardest working dudes and elder statesman in the jersey shore and new jersey as a whole um he's a journalist comedian he officiates weddings a father a son a brother really 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 great dude um I think he's one of the more important movers and shakers as far as Jersey Shore art and culture goes, so he's a really, really good person to know. Also, um, we didn't get to talk about it during our interview, but I did want to mention that he hosts a open mic uh, comedy night at Brighton Ave Bar every Monday. Um, you can check him out on social media. Um, he says it later on in the podcast, so you're going to have to wait and listen to that. As always, please go to whatsthemovement.net. Um, I mean, you're probably already there listening to this, but if you're listening through Apple, Spotify, or everywhere else, I need you to rate, subscribe, review. But um, also go to whatsthemovement.net and check out our new updates, including new music and a album review of the Suburbia EP by Drew the Recluse. We have a really dope video for Karma's Speak Up um, off of her last EP about last night, which I also reviewed is on whatsthemovement.net. Um, the video is really dark. Uh, I'm into it. I hope you will be too. All you got to do is watch, and I promise you will be. Um, that's shot by Homemade Films. Shout out to them. Uh, shout out to Jersey. I see y'all working hard. Um, as I've been referencing to the episode, uh, I'm sorry, the season is coming to an end. So um, I have a couple dope interviews lined up or already done, and um, and we'll be going away for a little while, but. We have some other stuff in production, so I hope you guys really, really dig it, and stay tuned, and you will, you won't be disappointed, I promise. But for now, uh, what's what's the movement without music? This is Perrier from Middletown Zone, Off Top Kills. These guys, man, uh, I talked about them in a previous episode, but they're uh, they're crazy. They, uh, there's no other way around saying it. Like they're, they're fucking crazy, but they're dope. Uh, this is Perrier by Off Top Kills right here on A-Side B-Side Podcast. I need you to feel this. Yeah. Boppers strung out on my tones. It's alright. Soprano sweeties baritone. It's alright. Intoxicated I am prone. It's alright. Oh no I cannot take you home. Yeah. It's alright. All night. I'm at the door first night. It's okay. It's alright. Stay in my time, tiptoeing to the back door. I can't have it. I imagine all the things that you may ask for. Chime the Uber on my sidekick. I have a broken body, but my mind's quick. Don't mind it. Cooling any state or climate. She pulled my CD from her bag and asked me, baby, will you sign this? Is this a blessing or a giving? Fuck the room is spinning.
I'll pick it up. K L L O A O Hell O. Miss my flight home, straight on sale though. Why that long face? You want horseplay? Burn my pale skin, hit my cell phone. Yeah, polka dots, see the freckles when the mocha hot. Flood loon in my open socks, moon child and my soul is locked. All I got are these broken clocks. And time ain't real, I fiend like crackheads when I tote these rocks. Till I'm purple in the face Purple, blue, and yellow in the glaze Hearses moving, set him in his place On the move, but never in the way Pinocchio and Geppetto A real boy, never settled He going through and need a medal He boiling over in the kettle Pickpocket, pickpocket, a Wrist rocket, wrist rocket, a Fake Cartier on my ring Won't stop till I find my way. What am I here to say? Only we'll see in time All of my teeth in line Time that I speak my mind I want everything to color frozen Darius Tongue be indigo It's from the berries You sweet and sour Something like a marriage It's caution tape With vodka and the Perrier Yeah Boppers strung out on my tones It's alright Soprano sweeties baritones It's alright Intoxicated I am prone It's alright Oh no I cannot take you home What's going on? This is A Side B Side Podcast. Um, we have oh, I should probably start the tape. Yeah, there we go. Uh, so today my guest is Mr. Fifth Round himself, Angelo Gingerelli. How, how you feeling today? Great, man. How you doing, Ramsey? I'm doing good. I'm gonna try to keep this like actually personal and not like a like a such a formal interview. I, I'm I'm good for for making things formal. I'm gonna try my best. Okay, so <laughs> it works for me, man. Whatever you need. Um. So um. You're probably like one of like the elder statesmen, most one of the harder working guys. You you work with uh, obviously your own site, uh, fifth uh, fifth round movement uh, dot com or dot net dot com dot com. Uh, you do comedy. You uh, you write for the pop break. What else do you do? That about covers it. I mean, I got a nine to five. I got a family. <laughs> yeah. But uh, as far as like arts entertainment wise, I think you about got it, man. Stand up. I uh, do interviews for the Pop Break every month. Mm-hmm. I, I run a column called NJ Next, which I featured. You were featured in, yeah. in uh, maybe March of 2019, March mm-hmm. or April, sometime around there. Yeah. Um, I try to pick a local or a New Jersey artist every month that I think is, is doing good things, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe you're an artist, maybe a rapper, singer, producer. You run a website. Yeah. Um, and try to. Get, put some light on them. You know what I mean? Because I think there's so much stuff going on here that's great. Definitely. And uh, I think you do a great job of what's the movement and each side, B side, <laughs> getting people out there and that. putting us out there. But um, there's just so many good artists in New Jersey, so I just pick one a month and try to let people know about them yeah. as best I can. Is it uh, is it just like Jersey Shore artists, or is it... Um... Yeah, over the years, I'm, I'm finishing up the second year of it, so I've done about mm-hmm. 20 interviews in 24 months or whatever it's been, right? Yeah. Um, I've done a couple of North Jersey guys. Like, I started off with Ren Thomas, um, who's from up in Garwood. I did a couple of New Brunswick acts that perform a lot around Rutgers. But mm-hmm. just being, I live in Long Branch, and I, I do comedy a lot in Asbury, so I just know a lot. I just know more Jersey Shore people yeah. that do kinda, who I kind of end up covering. Yeah, and then, um, if my facts are correct, you're, uh, you're from Times River. Absolutely. Yes. So, Don't hold that against me. So I'm going to ask you a question. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can't talk. I'm, I'm like a fresh, brand new Benny now. I, I moved to North Jersey now. Oh, come on, man. It's it's, it's unfortunate. The, the lady. That's how that goes. But uh, so I wanted to ask you, um, 
what do you what do you think um I'm not, I forgot what I was gonna say. So like, are growing up in Tom's River being a hip hop head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, like how did how does that happen? Okay, I I, I, I will argue. I have one of the best hip hop origin stories of anybody out there, right? All right, let's hear. Uh, when I was in kindergarten in the mid '80s, I had a cousin from North Jersey. He was mm-hmm. in high school. He was like ten years older than me, right? Yeah. So he came came to our house for Thanksgiving, and he had a blank. It was a blank cassette tape that he copied Run DMC's second album on. Right, he was listening okay. to his Walkman yeah. or whatever it was. And he left it at my house, right? And he went back <laughs> yeah. to North Jersey. So I took it when he left, and I put it in my, like, Fisher-Price brown plastic tape deck. And it was Rockbox by Run DMC and yeah. a couple of other songs, right? So I just listened to it. It was like, the only tape I had. So it was the only music I had access to for, like, from Thanksgiving until Christmas. Yeah. I just listened to it on repeat. And then he came back on Christmas to do our family thing again. Yeah. And I just recited the song Rockbox to him. And everybody's like, man, that's the best thing ever. You're six years old, <laughs> yeah. quote, Run DMC. And I was hooked since then. Um, yeah. So as a little kid, I you know I had access to whatever my parents would give me access to music wise. And then yeah. once I hit junior high, I was just like off and running, just at the mall buying every every Tuesday, trying to buy every yeah. tape that came out that I had enough money for. Running home from school to watch Young TV raps. Yeah. And uh, it was weird, man. I think younger kids don't understand this because now with Spotify and YouTube mm-hmm. and the scene we're in Asbury Park. There's, there's tons of hip-hop yeah, everywhere. You yeah, know what I mean? It's special around here. The best example I've heard of hip-hop in the early 90s in the suburbs is Bun B from UGK. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. He said, you know, if you didn't live in New York or L.A. or a big city in the 90s, hip-hop was almost like a, 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 a limited pair of Jordans or a yeah. Supreme hat. Like, you couldn't get it all the time. Yeah, yeah. So if you could get a ride to the mall and have the $12 to buy the new De La Soul album, that was a big deal. <laughs> yeah. And you know, if you got a chance to see a, a Ghetto Boys video on MTV, because they mm-hmm. didn't play rap videos, that was a big deal. Because we're talking pre-Hot 97. Yeah. BLS played hip-hop very late rare, at night. It played R&B rare. during yeah. the day, right? Um, there was no touring yet. Rappers didn't really tour the nah, way they yeah. do now. It was just a completely different world. And so I think, you know, kind of you always want what you can't have. So there was yeah. this thing that I couldn't really have access to because of my age and my location, but it made me want it and seek it out even more. Yeah. And now I'm just in a situation where as a grown man, you know, being in the Asbury scene where I am and having access to a billion songs on Spotify yeah. and any, any chance I want, it's just like being, you couldn't have explained this to me when I was a kid that this would be what the future is like. And everybody yeah. screams that hip-hop's terrible and it's over. I think it's the best time to be a hip-hop head. There's more good yeah. music now. There's a- more access to good music. There's more shows. There's more merch. Like, you couldn't... Getting a Public Enemy t-shirt when I was in San was almost impossible. Yeah. Now with the internet and Hot Topic and just ways yeah. you can get merch, if you like a rapper, you could buy everything with his name on yeah, it. Yeah, I know? don't know anybody that doesn't own, like, a Run DMT <laughs> Run yeah, DMC it's shirt. A, it's it's in Target, right? Yeah. Like, you go to Target and buy a toaster, a blender, a toy for your kid, <laughs> yeah. and a Run DMC t-shirt. Yeah. And that's impossible until, let's say, 2010 or whatever it yeah. was, you know? I got Run DMC socks. Yeah, it's amazing. <laughs> it's amazing, man. There's a um, Cameron is on socks. Like that's yeah. a crazy, crazy thing. Such a such a like not a small artist, but it's a very specific yeah. fan base. And you could walk in Marshalls and buy the Cameron pink fur coat, pink hat, <laughs> yep. pink cell phone yeah. on socks. Yeah, so we live in remarkable <laughs> times. Crazy. Like, um, yeah, I feel like my dad would have loved that story because he like. I feel like when I was young, he was like really trying to push hip hop on me, and I was just like I said in, in our interview, I was like I was an R and B kid, man. Yeah. It's weird, man. Yeah. I always wonder. Um, we, we think we're cool, 
right? Yeah. Like, I'm, I have a four-year-old daughter, and I think I'm a cool dad, right? Yeah. But at some point, she's not going to like what I like just because I like it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like So, for <laughs> so right, what are you going to do then, man? I, I don't know, man. I, I wonder how that's going to go because she's four, and, like, she loves Old Town Road. She loves the big yeah. Drake songs. When they come on the radio, she knows the words to them. Yeah. Um, and that's really cool, right? But at some point, she's going to be a teenager and rebel and, like, Probably the opposite of whatever yeah, I like, yeah, yeah. which I'm just going to be ready for it. I'm going to try to teach her, like, this is what I like. Maybe, mm-hmm. And then maybe when you get older, you get back into it. You know what I mean? Because I feel like from 13 to, like, 20, you think your parents are morons. And then by yeah. 25, you're like, oh, they were, they were right about a lot of things. Yeah. You know, so maybe that'll hit her then. I'm trying to expose her to a lot now and then, you know, you know in a good way. Yeah. And give her kind of a knowledge base of what's out there. Well, you know, I mean, like, I've gone to shows, and you'll, it's, it's dope that you bring your daughter around, man. Like, yeah, Well, before Child Protective Services calls, <laughs> it's always during the day. It's always family, yeah, yeah, family. Yeah. I know what shows to take her to. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, and I'm in a weird situation now where, and I'm not at all trying to say I'm a local celebrity or anything like that, but when we go to a show... The, the artist will a lot of times yeah. mid-song shout me and her out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So she's really never been to a show where that hasn't happened. right? We're really lucky about that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm curious, when I take her to like a big concert and like Travis Scott doesn't shout her out, <laughs> is she like upset about it? Like what happens? <laughs> she becomes the she becomes a star wherever we go. What happens when we go to the Garden and Drake doesn't care that she's there, you know? I mean, at this rate, it might happen, you know? Sure, you never know. Yeah. You never know. So uh, I'm glad you told that story too, because because I actually heard you say it on um, Totally Local. Uh, oh, the shout out stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, the yeah, this story about uh, like what's gonna happen if. Yeah. If, what's next? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so um, another thing you do that I thought was pretty dope that I, I'd like to hear you talk about. Uh, you officiate weddings. I do, man. Yeah. It, uh, I got one coming up in October, actually. Yeah. In, uh, in 2016, my first cousin was getting married, and they weren't religious. They didn't want to do it in a mm-hmm. church. And they, they just had her and her fiance had seen me do stand-up a bunch of times, and they asked me to do it. And I got ordained to do it in 2016, and it'll yeah. be my, my sixth wedding coming up in October. So I've done it a bunch of times. That's dope, man. Um, yeah, I've, actually, I've officiated two weddings of people that met at my stand-up shows. Yeah. And I think that's pretty cool, man. Where they, Well, they, didn't, they, they, they were Tinder dates that they ended up at my stand-up yeah. stuff. And then it kind of kept in touch with me, and it kind of happened. Where, uh, Finding love through got Tinder? Got to be a part of that. Yeah, it wow. happened. I guess that was for some people. <laughs> um, but yeah, dude, it's, it's really fun, and uh, it's kind of a cool thing to do. So if you need to get married, you know, hit me up. I'm out there. Uh, I'll talk to you in a couple of years, maybe, maybe less if, if things go right. We'll see. So, um, so uh, let's talk more about the music. Um, so, the NJ Next column, you started to talk about that, but like, how does that, how did, how did that start? Because um, I've heard of the pop break, and um, I think a friend of mine, Mike, uh, used to contribute to it. Okay, there's a lot of contributors. Mm-hmm. Um, so what the pop break is, the editor is Bill Bodkin. He's the editor and owner of the site, mm-hmm. and his idea was to just get a, a lot, like yeah. thirty different writers from the Jersey Shore that want to write about different aspects of pop culture, right? Yeah. And uh, he did a they did a story on me back maybe 2015 or probably 15, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, what happened was they did that, and I was about to become a dad. And I knew being a father, my stand-up was going to have to slow down for a little bit, yeah. right? Just the way it's going to go. i got to be home and, and take care of this family yeah. for a little bit. And then once everybody gets back up and running, my daughter's in daycare or school, I get back out there a little more. But I wanted to keep keep doing the creative thing. And writing, you could do whenever. You know what I mean? Yeah. The baby goes to sleep at 3 in the morning, you could start writing a column. Yeah. And uh, we, just, me and Bill were just kind of close. And then uh, we, we 
I started off just reviewing rap albums, right? Yeah. Um, and then what hit me was like, if you write a review of the new J. Cole album, there's 600 other reviews yeah. of the new J. Cole album online by the yep. time yours comes out. And if you mm-hmm. don't have early access to an album, nobody's going to read it because they read the yeah. early reviews, right? Yep. So I was like, all right, Bill, there's all these other things going on in New Jersey that are not getting coverage. Why don't you let me cover just Jersey hip-hop? I'm just going to talk yeah. about New Jersey. That's dope, and, uh, and it really worked out well because the people I've interviewed – they're being undercovered. You know what I mean? For yeah. every 600 Kendrick Lamar, and Kendrick's great. There should be yeah. 600 articles about him. There's one article about Ren Thomas or yeah. Fresco or yourself, right? Yeah. So I want to be the guy that writes that one article and you know, do the economics of the internet gets views because no one else is covering this mm-hmm. one thing. And hopefully that leads to more fans and more shows and more opportunities for the people I'm covering. Definitely, man. I think everybody in this room would <laughs> appreciate that in a, in a different aspect that I don't think anybody else does. Yeah, it's hard. But I think I think with people that are not in in the game, we'll call it the, mm-hmm. the arts entertainment game, don't understand how hard it is and how many people are fighting for for a handful of yeah, spots. Fighting. And the thing <laughs> yeah. I always say that is 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 great and disheartening, right? Mm-hmm. When I do comedy, I, I host an open mic every Monday at the Brighton Bar in Long Branch, yeah. right? And there's twenty to thirty comics to come out every week, and it's, it's a workout room. They're trying new stuff, right? Yeah. Of those twenty to thirty. 10 might be great on any given Monday. And yeah. they're not famous. They're not getting Netflix yeah. specials. They're just the best guy or girl in Long Branch or Asbury that night. And they're not, quote-unquote, making it yet. You know yeah. what I mean? Or when you go to a local rap show, like like Rodney Corsi, shout out to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he did the Rap and Rock, rock Tour this summer, right? Yeah. They did uh, 10 nights, whatever it was. Great lineups every night, right? Yeah. And you go to that show and you're like, there's half a dozen great artists in this room and nobody knows about yeah. them. How hard is it to get to the next level of Hot 97, MTV, yeah. being featured on the bigger blogs? Um, it's just weird thing. I love being involved in this this game of so many talented people doing so many different things, right? Yeah. But then you look like, how does any one person break out of this and get to the next the next step? You know, yeah. like, for New Jersey, how do you get to be the one Fetty Wap? For the thousand yeah. people trying to be the next Fetty Wap, yeah, you that are I mean? that are as good or better is the yeah, craziest well, thing. Yeah, um, and that I guess there's I even say better. It's kind of in the, it, it's subjective to some yeah, right? Yeah. Like I could like want person A, and you could hate person A, and neither yeah. person's wrong, right? Um, but what it takes to connect with a bigger audience is if any of us in this room knew it, we'd be doing it. You know yeah. what I mean? I think we're trying to find it out. It's trial and error, and obviously there's a, the the industry side of it too, and what. Who gets enough money behind them to mm-hmm. push and get radio plays and big promo and T-shirts and hot topic? But um, to some extent, it's just like it, you have to be good to some extent, Stephen. Be in that yeah. conversation for someone to bet on you to take that next step. Yeah. Um, I went to the New Jersey like music meeting a few years back. Um, like Drewski and a couple guys at Hot ninety seven, TT Torres and Bobby Trends, all from Jersey, were trying to like I guess have like this panel. Uh, they had Vin Rock there. Uh, Rodney, I think you were there actually. Um. Uh, one of them said, um, they said something that, that made a lot of sense to me. It's like, you know, like, I don't care if you think you're a better artist per se, it's like, it's about working hard and like somebody, like at some level, everybody that's super successful works really, really hard at something, whether it's their talent or their effort and promotion or something yeah. like they're really, really, really good at something. Yeah, they, yeah. they eat, sleep, and live it for X amount of years. Mm-hmm. And then maybe that X amount of years gives them a chance to get in the door. And then that door opens to the, the whatever the next step is. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, like a famous example that I think would be Eminem, who for mm-hmm. 10 years in Detroit 
battled battle and wrote rapping, yeah. mixtape after mixtape. It was just nothing. Like, sold 30 copies of yeah. the first, first album. And then eventually the door opens to someone like Dr. Dre hearing you and bringing you to that quote-unquote next level. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, one thing about like, Jersey hip-hop that I found, in my mind, I always either constantly or subconsciously compare the comedy scene to the hip-hop scene, right? Okay, yeah. And one thing I've noticed is for co- comedians, we're all... Sole proprietors. It's I'm Angelo Gingerelli, and I work pretty much by myself. Yeah. No, I don't have a crew. You know what I mean? Yeah. I got some people I call fans that might come out to multiple shows, but when yeah. I go to a venue, I'm by myself 90% of the time, right? What I've seen with the rap, with the rappers and, and singers and stuff in, in that world is, and I think it's, I'll call it the odd future effect, which okay. is you sur- this generation of kids, and they're smart, surround themselves with, okay, I'm a rapper. But mm-hmm. I have my own producer, I have my own promo guy, yeah. I have my own art director, I have my own graphic designer. I, if, I'm gonna, if I need a hook, I know an R&B singer, she's part of the yeah. crew, and we become together and we make self, you know, self-contained releases, right? Yeah. I think that's great, that you can make an album now at 17 years old with a laptop, yeah, I was gonna say, just get your crew early. in a room, yeah. and, make, and, and for less than $1,000, make an album that 20 years ago would have cost $100,000 yeah. to make. That's amazing, yeah. right? But one thing I see is... Because of that, there's not nearly as much collaboration in the hip hop world yeah, because yeah. you become insulated with your people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, for example, like like off top is four kids from Middletown that they do everything yeah. themselves, right? In fact, I'm gonna play a song, uh, their new single on this. Episode. Perrier. Yeah. It's nice. It's, it's nice. It's great, dope, yeah. right? Um, but wouldn't it be cool? Say, for example, they're in Middletown doing off top, and they make their own T-shirts, their own graphic design, yeah. their own everything themselves, right? And then down in Asbury, you got Joe College and Siv Savage, and he's yeah. everything self self contained, right? Yeah. They got their own DJs, they have their own models in their videos. Everybody's part yeah. of that crew, so if they never work together, right? Yeah. Wouldn't it be kind of cool if you could see them on a bill together, or they did an album with you know Joe College doing the verses and off top doing the beats or something yeah. like that? And I feel like there's not nearly because these crews are so kind of insulated yeah. you don't get that crossover and and working together as much as you do maybe in the comedy world where everybody's just a solo yeah. artist kind of pushing to everybody move up do you think like local acts um in other genres have that same problem or is that just like a hip-hop no i think it's, i think it's kind of everybody yeah um i think when you look at the, the rock scene in asbury which is kind of known for yeah. it's kind of the same thing you know what i mean it's you have your your band they, they might even collaborate less because yeah. there's in that world, there's really no such thing as a hot feature or an <laughs> yeah. outside producer. Yeah. Um, whereas here, you might see it a little bit. Um, there, you don't see it really at all. Yeah. You know? That see, that's the thing about like hip hop and like rock that I think is so interesting. Like like hip hop, at least it used to be like super regional to me. Uh, like all right, so that Bun B thing you you were talking about, like. Um, and Ghetto Boys. Did you see that on Hip Hop Evolution? I don't know. Okay. Hip Hop Evolution is new, right? Yeah, it's on Netflix. Okay, um, this is that quote's from a couple of years ago, so it definitely wasn't that. He may have said it on like the Combat Jack podcast. Okay. Or, it was a podcast. I don't remember which one it was on. Probably Combat. That is uh-huh. very possible. Because yeah. I, I remember hearing it, and I was like, was that in the Evolution episode? or? Uh, yeah, he may have well, said it again, but I heard it yeah. before that came out, so I'm not sure when. But, uh, yeah, like, rap is so regional. Like, it sounds like... I don't think any other genre of music does that. Like, no, and I like think rock it's... is rock, but, like, Atlanta hip-hop is one thing. Uh, Cali rap, rap is one thing. The East Coast, you know what I'm but saying? But you, if you're a hip-hop head for decades like me, I can yeah. hear a guy open his mouth and know where he's from. Yeah. Maybe why he's dressed. I can, before he starts talking, I can tell you yeah. where he's from. You know what I mean? That's, that's, the, that's um, the interesting thing. Yeah, and I think it's, it's, it's this weird thing in the era we live in now. I think the two kinds of music that are the most popular, and if you look at this industry-wide, see if you agree with me on this, um, it's super... It's things that are super regionalized. It's hip hop that you mm-hmm. can tell immediately what city the person's from, what they are, who they are right away. Yeah. And it's the complete opposite, completely universal EDM, 
which yeah. is 100,000 people on the same yeah. field all vibing out to the same feeling because those feelings are universal, yeah. whereas hip-hop's the exact opposite. It's a very specific thing that yeah. somehow opens the door to a lot of different people relating to it. So it's a thing we, we like. You can rap. That's fine. Right? Yeah. But you need a personality. You need an art yep. director. You yeah. need a, you need a, It's who you are, right? So that's mm-hmm. the one most popular kind of music now. The other thing is these EDM artists that are the complete, they're faceless, they're nameless. Yeah. Like that guy Marshmallow yeah. has a billion Instagram for the only what he looks like. Yeah. Just, you're here for the beats and the music and the whatever else happens when I perform live. Um, yeah. And like the middle is kind of over to some extent, right? Yeah. Like there's no R&B singers. There's no rock bands. There's, I don't yeah. think there's really a country artist that's as big as the biggest rappers or the biggest EDM artist on both sides of that spectrum. Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, and I hate to say it like this. I think it takes a little more talent in other genres. Like, uh, rap is something I think you could practice and, and get better at. Like, like people don't have the time to sit and pick up an instrument and then master it and then sing at the same time. Okay. Like, can I... Can I... Um, I, I can I... Counter that yeah, for a second. Yeah. Because I, I get in an argument a lot of older people. It raps not music. It doesn't take it. They don't play instruments. Oh, I didn't say I, that. No, no, no. I know that. I know that. But I'm, I always like, if I put you in a room with a guitar, could you write a hit song? No, most yeah. of the time, right? If I put you in a room with a laptop with Pro Tools on it, could you yep. make a hit rap song? Yeah. No, probably not, right? Um, so it's one harder. I, I don't know the answer to that. You know what I mean? It, yeah. The art of rapping is something you can probably, just the rapping itself, you can probably learn. Yeah. But as far as the beats and the choruses and the hooks, I think that's something that is either innate or talent in yeah. some extent. You know what I mean? Um, the joke I always make about rap being hard, comedy being harder than rap. If you're bombing doing stand up, you can't drop the beat to God's plan and have everybody <laughs> lose their mind again. It doesn't yeah. happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you're an artist, if things aren't going well, the DJ or the sound guy can help you out and come and bail you out. Yeah. And the way in stand up, it just doesn't doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I I must say I don't know how stand up comics do that. I, I have to applaud you because like I couldn't imagine somebody walking up to me, handing me a microphone, and saying, "Hey, entertain people for." For ten minutes yeah. with nothing but yourself, like I couldn't you know, do that. You know what that is, man? I think it's the same thing that when Sway turns the mic on on Sway in the morning and he's a rap, and a guy seems to have four hundred fifty bars just out of his head, yeah. but he's been practicing those bars for years. <laughs> yeah. It's the same thing. Like when I go on stage, it, it, I try to make it look spontaneous, but these are jokes I've been sometimes. Some of them I've been telling stuff in high school. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, so it's the same kind of thing. You try to make it look like it's off the dome, but usually it's not, you know? Yeah, I, I guess I'm the same way, like, hosting things. Like, yeah. I, like one, first things first, I, I hate hosting things, but... Um, it's funny, because that's the only way I know you as a host of events. Yeah, I know, I know, that's the craziest thing. But um, it's like, you know what it is? It's, I don't think I'm particularly funny. Okay. So, like, there's two kinds of hosts. Like, there's people that are just, like, good at managing things, and yep. then there's funny people. So, like, I hate going to things where a guy isn't funny and is trying to be, like, this funny guy comedian. Yeah, that's so. hard. That's hard to watch. <laughs> so that's why I try not um, to be that guy. I, I think one thing you do really well as a host yeah. is knowing the crowd and keeping everything moving and the crowd engaged in between acts. And that's a, that's a really good skill. It's underrated. And host, host, people don't that. People are like, oh, some guy's going to come out and make a few whatever it is, just bring out the next act. Yeah. But to keep an event, like, um, like the one I'm thinking of right now is – 
uh, the Cypher show. Right, oh, uh, NJ Live um, 3, yeah. NJ Live 3, I forgot the name of it. But that was so many moving parts, right? It was four yeah. different Cyphers with four different rappers, four different DJs, then other longer sets in between. And to, put some, to keep an event like that going, man, I give you and Rodney the most credit in the world. Because as, as, that's, that's as a fan, <laughs> that was a great night. And yeah. then if someone who knows a little bit about what goes on at, at you know behind the scenes yeah. events, I mean these guys are killing it. This is really really something else. Thank you, man. I appreciate that. No, no that's that's reading the show notes that Rodney sent me over for for mad long. Let me tell you. In fact, uh, we messed up the well. I messed up the first part, <laughs> and I know Rodney was over there like this nigga fucking Ramsey. <laughs> <laughs> but um, let's take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna continue our interview with Angelo Gingerelli. Yo, yo, this is Joe College. Head over to SivXSav.com and lace yourself. Stop playing with it. It's more than apparel. It's a lifestyle. Hey, guys, you're listening to A-Side, B-Side podcast, and we'll be right back. Ooh, she made it sound sexy. This is Mike Brown, president of East One Teach One Incorporated. We're a 501c nonprofit mentoring program for boys ages 9 to 17. We have both group and one-on-one mentoring. For more information, go to eachoneteachone.org or send an email to contact at eachoneteachone.org. Hey guys, this is Gabby, chief editor and founder of JDo Magazine. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at JDo Mag. That's at J D O E M A G. We're available in digital and print. This magazine's for artists, rappers, singers, designers, athletes, entrepreneurs, anybody who's consistently working on their craft, their passion, their talent, who wants to showcase their talent on another level. If you're interested in being featured or placing an ad, shoot us an email or send us a DM and let us know what you do. Jado Magazine is the go-to place for entertainment and networking. That's Jado Magazine, your passion, your style, your vision, your platform. This is next time on A-Side, B-Side podcast. The question is not who I am. The question is who are you? I'm not going to do these voices while I'm doing the show. <laughs> I do want you to know that we're are we recording? <laughs> so this is going to be in there, huh? No, I'll edit it out. Okay, thank you so much. They so call my another part. They're going to be like, why is he doing accents? It's so racist. I'm like, I'm brown, everybody. I am. So um, our awesome guest uh, goes by Drew the Recluse. Brand new uh, EP out, uh, Suburbia EP. It's out everywhere, right? Yes, everywhere, yeah. Get it everywhere. You have no excuse because if you don't have Spotify, you have Apple Music. You also have no excuse because it's literally 10 minutes. Like it's shorter than the Yo, Pusha T record. We talk about the Suburbia EP, the landscape of the Asbury Park music scene, and much, much more. Stay tuned. Look out for that. What's going on? This is Ramsey Subwhat. We are back on the A-Side B-Side podcast, the branded podcast by What's the Movement. I have that like rehearsed and perfect now, finally. Got took, the drop voice. Took me, took me like 30 episodes to get here, but we're here. Um, I am here with Angelo Gingerelli um, from FifthRoundMovement.com. And a bunch of other places. Can I tell you, New Jersey is tiny, man. Like you, you walked in the door. My dad was like, "Oh, you, you're related to Gingerellis." And <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's a small world. Yeah. I, the world in general is smaller than we think. Yeah. But this, New Jersey is def- obviously it's geographically small, and it was yeah. so densely populated. Yeah. And you know what? I think we have New Jersey too that other places might not have hustlers that are involved in a lot of things. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, if you see me on the street, you might, like, your, your dad knew my family from the construction business, yeah. right? But then you might have seen me do stand-up, you might read my articles, you might have seen me post stuff about rap music online, Um, you might know me from your kids play with my kids, 
kids. Yeah. Um, it's just, I'm, I'm in a lot, I move in a lot of spaces, as do you, as do a lot of people yeah. in the world. So you get, like, people that, like, yeah, you're a school teacher during the day, but then you also teach yoga, but and you're in a band, yeah. and you host events, and, you're, and you have your own podcast. Because yeah. I, don't know if I don't know if they're going that hard in other parts of the world, you know what I mean? We yeah, like definitely. Four or five spheres, spheres of influence. Yeah, that, and we're, like, smack dab in between, like, two of the biggest metros in the country, so, like... Obviously, we're going to be moving to, and we're the commuter state. Like we're right. the ones moving back and forth. You know. Yeah, I always say I think being where we are in between Philly and New York, I think it's perfect. I, it's it's a perfect place to live. I yeah. think where we are specifically in the Asbury, Long Branch, Red Bank area yeah. is the perfect connection, the space between down down the shore, South Jersey, the mm. beach, and the, the metropolitan areas, yeah. where it's like. You can, it's open up. It's opened up a little bit. You can drive. You can park. The property taxes yeah, yeah. aren't insane. But then there's cool stuff going on every night. Yeah. You could walk out in Asbury Park on a Tuesday in January and stumble upon a cool yeah. show by mistake. Yeah. You can't do that in Tom's River. It just nah. doesn't happen. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And but you can do it without paying the insane New York or Philly prices and yeah. taxes and paying eighty dollars to park a car for two hours <laughs> yeah. and and that kind of stuff. I also think too the hustlers mentality we have in New Jersey is almost like a chip on our shoulder of being like the little brother of New York yeah. and Philly. You know what I mean? I feel like if you're in New York, obviously there's there's an element of the city never sleeps. It's a grind. You got to go, yeah. go, go. But I feel like a lot of people out here, people like you, people like Rodney, people like myself, we're kind of like, all right, our big brother is doing that. So we got to go extra hard to get eyes on us where we're yeah. not not in the spotlight in New York or Philly. Yeah, I want to I talk about that. Um, and we briefly touched base on it. Do you think it's harder for like um, acts from our area, like Central Jersey, to, to get found than North or South Jersey? I, I don't know anymore. I think if you would ask me that question in 1995, the answer is absolutely yes, yeah. right? Because the way the music industry was, if you weren't in New York or L.A. or maybe by 95, Atlanta's a player, you know, and yeah. the outcast starts to come out, um, there's no, you are not in the game, yeah. right? I think now with the internet, geography is almost over to some extent, right? Yeah. Like if you're <laughs> yeah. right, if you like if you think about like this decade, think about 2010s, right? Yeah. Toronto has produced the biggest star, yeah. right? Uh, Pittsburgh has produced Mac Miller Mac and Wiz Khalifa, Blizz, yeah. right? Um, the, the South continues to put out not just Atlanta, yeah. but Mississippi, different parts yeah. of the South continue to put out rappers. Um, so I don't I don't know it's a weird thing I guess it's it's like the, the geography shouldn't matter at all anymore with the internet yeah. but I guess it still does to a to an extent yeah and what's funny is less about the sound of it than, than anything else I guess yeah well I think what what I found and uh, when when me and Rodney were doing the A and R podcast back yeah. in two thousand seventeen when's that coming back guys? I, I don't know I guess we got to find and ask Rodney at some point um, <laughs> I will say. <laughs> Man, I'll produce it if y'all want, man. Like, I'd love to see that again. Yeah, I thought we had a good dynamic. I thought yeah. it was really fun. And then uh, Rodney got a big-time job in the city and just left. He just like he never <laughs> told me he was leaving. He was just gone one day. Um, we were about to do episode 11. And I texted him. We had a good guest lined up. He's like, nah, man, I'm out. I don't want to do this anymore. And I'm like, damn, that's cold. <laughs> that's not at all what happened. We're all still friends. We're all still good with each other. He just got, got busy, man. But um, what I, this weird thing of, like – rappers from the Jersey Shore mm-hmm. buying beats and working with producers that they never met from other parts of the yeah, world. it's crazy. You know I mean? um, which, like, the one I, the one I always come back to, one of the first episodes, it was a kid named Fresco from Tom. Yeah, yeah, One of my favorite artists. 
I think if as everybody we do on the Jersey Shore, as far as what's going on on the radio now, mm-hmm. he's the closest to that, right? Okay. Kind of yeah. like the singing mixed with rapping, yeah. mixed with auto tune. I really like what he does, right? So we had yeah, an album called Ill Individual came out in 2017, mm-hmm. and it's it's this weirdly most Jersey Shore summer sounding album you yeah. could make. So I'm talking about he's like I'm like who produced it? And he goes, I found this producer on YouTube. I never <laughs> yeah. met him. I bought nine <laughs> beats from him and made an album. And wow. they've never been in the same room. Yeah. So it's like, it's this weird thing of like, for whatever reason, they connected 3,000 miles apart and made this music that sounds so Jersey Shore yeah. specific. But that guy in California, I'm assuming, has never been here. Yeah, that's crazy. Like, uh, it's funny, like, uh, uh, Ill Will, I'm not sure if you, you're familiar with him. He's from no. he's from Neptune. Okay. Um, he's been on a couple of bills at the Saint and other places. I, uh, I went to a studio session with him, and he, like, flew out a producer that they met on, on SoundCloud. He's from, like, Houston, and, like, the internet really just makes makes everything tiny. Man. Makes the world you. small, man. And it's, it's, it's almost like, it's like, all right, I guess 20 years ago, pre-internet era, mm-hmm. right? You would have you could work with the producers that were in your neighborhood, basically. People, yeah. if you had, if you weren't famous and couldn't buy beats and have a record company, yeah. I guess your beats were limited to the people you knew personally, right, yeah. or a friend of a friend, maybe. And now that just opened up to you could get work with anybody. Yeah, and you just catch a flight in the Airbnb, and you now yeah. you're in the same room. Um, another man, another thing about Jersey being so tiny. So you also host the uh, the Bath Podcast. I do. That is a oh. Well, I, I did. I'm not sure if I'm going to move forward this season. Oh, okay. Bridge and Tunnel Hockey Podcast. I, oddly enough, I'm the biggest Jersey guy in the world, but I like the yeah, New Islanders, not the Devils. So uh, it was the Bridge and Tunnel Bridge and Tunnel Hockey Podcast. People mm-hmm. say New York, or New Island, New York, Long Island people and New Jersey people come to the city yeah. on bridges and tunnels. Um, oh, that's a that's a was, fire name. Man. Yeah, it was, I thought it was a good acronym. Yeah. Um, but what happened was I was run, up and running with that last season. And then a bunch of, of good things happened that pulled me away from it. Yeah. Um, just hosting open mic every Monday at the Brighton Bar and just getting booked more on stand-up stuff. It was just really hard to stay. stay. I'll give you guys, I know everybody wants to start a podcast today. <laughs> yeah. I'll give everybody a tip. But the biggest problem with that show was it wasn't dependent on my schedule. It was dependent on the team schedule, yeah. right? So say I could record a podcast on Sunday, but they hadn't played, played enough games that week to talk about. There was yeah. nothing going on in the team. I had to wait till say, Monday to do it. Now, Monday, I got to work. Mm-hmm. I got to pick my, my daughter from daycare or whatever it is. So I'd say, if you're going to start a podcast that's going to be long running, make sure you pick a topic and a thing that you dictate when yeah. you record it, when you release it. Because a sports podcast or anything that's related to time-sensitive material that you don't control you're working for somebody else's yeah. schedule. And it's, it, if you have other responsibilities in your life, it gets real hard to stay on that schedule mm-hmm. when you're not making that schedule. Or, um, I, I haven't really kept up with hockey since like 07. I'm a Devils fan. So, nice. like, uh, so the jersey wasn't just a thing. I actually like Zach Parise. That was my guy. I like it, man. But, um, so uh, are the Islanders any good these days? Like, Are they going to the playoffs? They, they went to the playoffs last last season, had a really good year. Um, they swept the Pittsburgh Penguins out of the first oh. round. And then they got swept by the Hurricanes in the second round. Okay. But the Islanders, I think, are to me almost like like an underground rap group or underground band <laughs> yeah. that nobody knows about yet. Like they're in a big media market, but just nobody cares about them, right? Yeah, because um, they have the Rangers. And yeah, they have the, success, like, so. like they're the least popular team in the least popular sport in the tri-state area. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> and I just kind of jumped on that when I was a kid and just kind of took it and ran yeah. with it. So, so one guest you had, and this is why I was like, Jersey is tiny. Uh, Nick Hershon. He was actually my research methods professor, and I knew he wrote the. Um, it's we called Want We Want Fish Sticks, yeah. yeah. Um, so, like, when I saw he was your guest, I was like, wait, 
Nick Hersher, I know him. He taught a couple of my classes at Willie P. Yeah, man, he's he's a professor. Yeah, and uh, he wrote he the journal is a professor, and then he wrote a book at the end of 2018 called We Want Fish Sticks yeah. about back in 1995 the Islanders changed their, yeah, their changed iconic their logo, logo yeah. to this kind of aqua blue fisherman logo, right? Yeah. And it was the biggest debacle you could possibly have. <laughs> it, where the, the fans revolted. They only wore the jersey for about a year and a half. Yeah. The team was real bad for a couple of years. And they've almost never really recovered from that one like misstep in branding. Yeah. So the book is a really cool kind of history lesson on how that works. And I think if, if I'll recommend it to hockey fans and anybody that's in, 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 interested in any kind of branding, graphic design, yeah. how you can really destroy <laughs> a powerful brand with one bad decision. Yeah. And he kind of just breaks it down over a couple hundred pages. And he's a real nice guy, man. He's nice yeah, to sit no, down and talk is. to me. And uh, I, you were lucky to have him as a professor, man. I wish I would have had him in my, in yeah. my day. Um, I had him for this research class, and uh, he helped me with my senior thesis on hip-hop, funny enough. Uh, okay. So he's the reason I, I did all right on, on that and got an A. But, um, yeah, no, nah, he's a solid dude, man. Um, uh, so I I wanted to ask, um, because I also write reviews of music, so like, how do, you, how do you tackle it, and do you have any bad stories of a rapper flipping out on you for for being critical. No, I've never, I've never <laughs> got hit across the head with a bottle of Hennessy at a show or anything like that. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I only because I, if something comes across my my desk, if you will, that yeah. I really don't like, I'll do everything I can not to cover it. Yep. Um, I don't, I don't feel it's my place to tell people what's bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I look at it more. I want to be positive and tell people what, what's good out there. What I, we're in this era of the internet, particularly people people my age, right? They're mm-hmm. a little bit older of screaming about how bad everything is, right? <laughs> Millennials yeah. are stupid. Music is stupid. All the good movies already came out. TV's over. Don't, everything's, yeah. the 90s were lit. The 2010s are terrible, right? Yeah. I don't believe that at all. So my thing is, you could, why are you screaming on your Facebook or your Instagram how much you hate Little Yachty? Tell me what I yeah. should like instead of Little Yachty. <laughs> yeah. And that's kind of the, the response, I. that's the approach I take to it. My, yeah, there's so many good things out yeah. there. Why do I care what you don't like? You yeah. you're tired of hearing Old Town Road. Okay, what do you listen to instead? Yeah. Right. What should I what should I put on instead of Old Town Road? Yeah. And that's kind of the way I look at it. So really, I I really go out of my way not to. Like, and the other thing is this: I feel like music and most of life is very subjective. Yeah. Definitely. So I can listen to an album and hate it. You can listen to an album and love it. Who's right? Yeah. Exactly. That's um. I mean, that's kind of what I said in our in our Q and A. Um. I, I I just wanted to say that because I, I have an older writer that used to like hate the fact that I wouldn't write a bad review on anything. I'm like, what's the point of taking my time to tell you why not to listen to somebody? I don't want to write a thousand words on that. Like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's stupid. I, yeah, I don't, I don't get it, man. And it's like, cause you don't like it. Doesn't mean it's not going to connect with somebody else. Yeah, it's exactly. just not for you, you know, and just move on. Listen, I, I do like one thing I like about the era we live in now compared to when I was a kid, like every Friday on Spotify for $10 a month, I listen to new music. Yeah. Right? Some of it I like and I'll put it in heavy rotation for yeah. a month or two. Some of it I'll listen to once and never go back to again. But uh, like there's good music. There's there's interesting music that's worth a listen yeah. every Friday. Yeah. And that's in a, we that live in an amazing time. Playlist yeah, there's like, something yeah. new out there that even if you don't love it, it's like, oh, this is something I might not have heard. If I had to go buy a CD, I never would have done this. But I got to listen to it and see if there's something for me there. Okay. Um, there's a couple more things. I know you got to yeah. get out here soon. Um, so you asked me uh, my top five, and I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to give my top five. I gave my five favorite. Who's your five favorite? Okay. my It's weird, man. My five favorite are probably close to my top five. Okay. We're talking dead or alive MCs, correct? Yeah. Just to make sure we're on the same page. Yeah. Uh, my first is Jay-Z. 
I yeah. think because if we're gonna say good rappers make good songs, he's made the most good songs yeah. of anybody in I my opinion. So, yeah. Last twenty years, he's always the best entertainer. Last twenty years, you have a decent argument at yeah. right. My number two, and this this might change soon, is still Eminem. Okay, um, I, being who I am from Tom's River, he was us. Yeah, you know, I always say like, he he came out when I was about twenty years old. But if I was like ten years old, I would have been Stan. Like that would have yeah. been me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. He just rapped like somebody I grew up with, which is that always I was like. Uh, number three and four, I'll go Biggie and Tupac. I think they put out a lot of good music, and their yeah. influence on the game was so monumental. Yeah. They, in they, such little time. It's amazing. It's yeah. amazing. They're, they're almost three or four years, and now we're 25 years past their deaths, and still, if you're rapping right now, you're the stomach and trying to follow their model to some yeah. extent, right? Uh, and then my five changes all the time, man. Yeah. It, it could be, if I'm in a family mode, driving around my daughter, it could be LL Cool J. Okay. If I'm in a funny mode, ready to laugh, it might be Red Man. Mm-hmm. Um, if I'm in a affect the culture kind of mode, I could say Kanye. Um, yeah. But my number five kind of rotates in and out. So okay. I had a pretty big stand-up show last night, so right now it's Red Man. But if you ask okay. me on Wednesday, it might be something different. That's dope, man. Like, you, you kind of came up in, like, a, a really interesting, like, space as far as hip-hop. Like, I think hip-hop is, uh, a lot of people call it a midlife crisis. I think it's it's past that. I think it's, like, right. I think it's just kind of getting in its prime, man. Yeah. I, I think what, what, let's say it's a family tree. I, I, I've never had this analogy before, so if this goes off the rails crazy and I sound like a lunatic, <laughs> you'd stop me. I feel like if you look, it's like a family tree, right? Yeah. So if you look at the like the late seventies, early eighties, Sugar mm-hmm. Hill, that first wave of Sugar Hill, yep. Grandmaster Flash, Curtis Blow, that might be yeah. like the, the two parents that got together and started the family tree, right? Yep. Then that kind of branches off into Run DMC, the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Then they kind of branch off in that late eighties golden era of, and the tree keeps getting bigger. EPMD, Eric B and Rock yep. Kim, mm-hmm. Gangstar, that that De La Soul, Tribe yeah. Quest, that era, right? Then you get to what they call the second golden era. All the influenced by them is. Your Nazis, your Jay Z's, yeah, your Biggies, your Tupac's, that yeah. era. Then what happens is it gets out, it grows, right? Yeah. So that next era is Ludacris and yeah. Kanye and Eminem and Tech Nine in Kansas City yeah. and that, that era. And then you get to the, the internet happens, the next generation is oh, the internet. God, and that, yeah. that changes everything, right? Yeah. So now you got like these bands like Little John Eastside Boys that would have been just yeah. high in Atlanta clubs are worldwide phenomenons, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And you got these crunk records that would have been regional, just destroying frat and sorority parties all over the country now, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, to, yeah. to change the game. And then you get into the SoundCloud era where anybody with an email address can make a record, right? And yeah. you get the era where now, which is Gucci Gang and Takashi 6 9 yeah. and Old oh, Town man. Road. We should have talked about that. <laughs> I don't know if we need to. Yeah, no, um, I'm kind of... <laughs> but I mean, so the tree just keeps growing, you know what yeah. I mean? So I think what I think right now is like, I think when people say they don't like hip-hop in the 2010s, they're saying they don't like what's on the radio, right? Yeah. So maybe you don't like Little Pump and Little Zan yeah. and that. But are you telling me, if you take the best of right now, Kendrick, J. Cole, whoever you aren't as good as the best ever, and I think as older heads, we have a, we have a propensity to take the worst of what's now and compare it to the best of what we grew yeah, up on. Here's, yeah. here's, here's a true statement, right? Yeah. Jay-Z and Nas are better than Lil Pump and Lil yeah. Xan yeah. and Lil Baby and Gunner. Fair, yeah. right? But here's another true statement. Kendrick and J. Cole and Big Sean are better than Skilo and Vanilla Ice yeah. and MC Hammer, <laughs> yeah. right? So yeah. just flip the dynamic to the best of right now versus the worst of what you thought like the golden era was. Yeah, and it's like, well, there was always bad music. You know what I mean? Um, the other thing we do, man, is we look at the past with rose-colored glasses, right? Mm-hmm. So as someone who lived through the 90s, right, yeah. 
if you tell me Gangstar was on the radio midday, you're lying. Yeah. Right? If <laughs> yeah. you tell me that Eric B. and Rock Kim were on MTV mid-afternoon, that was not a thing. Okay. Yeah. You if you were from our part of New Jersey, you did not go to an EPMD concert because they didn't come to this part of New Jersey, yeah. right? So it's like we look at how great everything was back then, but we just view it differently. You know, we just view it, we look at through those rose colored glasses and now it's just, it's as good now, you're just not finding the right stuff. Yeah. Nah, the I I might steal that quote for a book I'm writing. Um, oh, you really writing a book? I, I'm writing my so my senior thesis when I turned it in was 11 pages. It is now like 37. Nice. Uh, I just what's it about if you don't want to ask? Um, it's I guess um, an encompass of hip hop, how it's grown, and uh, why it's constantly misunderstood. Great. I'll um, be the first person to buy it. You sign it for me. I will. I, I, uh, we got to wrap up pretty soon, just so yeah. you know. But um, every time I walk into Barnes & Noble or the Long Branch Free Public Library, because my yeah. attitude is my taxes already bought these books, I might <laughs> yep. as well read them. <laughs> yeah. right? You look at the thousands of books out there, and I'm always, the Cameron quote is always in my head. You can't get paid in a world this big, you're worthless, kid. <laughs> yeah. How do you get in this book writing game? Because tons of books come out every week, man. Yeah. People have stuff to say. Yeah, man. So good luck um, with that. So, uh, last question. Um Who's your favorite artist you haven't covered yet locally? Locally, that's tough, man. I got, I got, I've got almost everybody. Yeah. I think I might say very super locally. I'd like to get Fresco at some mm-hmm. point, um, because I think he's doing and releasing a lot of good music. And the other guy that we actually had on the Inner Podcast back in the day, but I've yet to reconnect with him because mm-hmm. he's been been traveling, kind of taking his brand bigger than Asbury Park. Yeah. He's Joe College. Yeah. Um, I think he's got a good thing going and a lot of fans and has sold out the biggest venues in Asbury. Yeah. And now he's, I think, doing the right thing by expanding behind the city's borders. Yeah. But because of that, he's been hard to catch up with. And the other guy I really like as far as the music he released this year is uh, Bulletproof Belf. Yeah. I think he's, he releases like a 10-song EP every couple months. Yeah. And they're all solid. Like, he's, he's mm-hmm. a good artist. He can do hooks. He can write songs. Yeah. Um, I like a lot of what he does. So I got to get him in soon. I'm, I'm getting Maddie uh, Carlock in pretty soon. Uh, dude, Probably yeah, next be, season. But, that'd um, be good. Yeah. That'd man. be really good. My favorite Bulletproof Belf story, I'll tell you, is one of the first times we met was when they uh, the production crew from oh, Impractical yeah. Jokers. Yeah, when's that happening, man? When's that coming out? The uh, um, that show we uh. Okay, that's, uh, we'll talk about. Remain that anonymous on that. No comment. Um, I'll edit that um, out. <laughs> so we, we walked in and uh, Rodney gave me a very vague text, like you're at a cigar bar and had no other directions, right? So I just yeah. I show up there and I look, I look kind of lost. And the woman that worked at the cigar bar starts explaining to me where like the different kinds of cigars are. Yeah. And then there's like a dozen rappers on the other side of the room, yeah. right? So I'm listening to the lady, but I'm looking around at where to go. And Belv comes out and goes, "He's with us." And the woman looks me <laughs> up and down and goes, "Really?" <laughs> A <laughs> uh, bully, right? Uh, yeah. Um, but then that was a cool day, man. It'll yeah. be a really fun no, day. No, it was. Yeah. Uh, we're gonna have to. We we got we got to all sit down again and do something soon, man. Um, and I, I need that A and R podcast back. I like I said, I will produce it if need be. Like uh, I'm serious too. Well, um, the problem, like most of the things in my life, is not me. It's Rodney. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, man. Uh, this is the A Side B Side podcast, Braided Podcast. But what's the movement? Thank you guys for listening. Uh, seasons ending pretty soon, um, but as always, you'll be able to get this on Audio Mac, Spotify, SoundCloud, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere you listen to podcasts. We're on iHeart um, Radio as well. Uh, thank you guys for tuning in. This is Angelo Gingerelli. <laughs>